It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And we are live. It is Carcone Carne. I'm James Van Osdell. Joined tonight by T. Murph. T. Murph. He is a co-star on the Hulu series Woke. He is also performing this Sunday. It's Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is for lovers. T. Murph is for lovers. The Zanies virtual show Laugh More Live, Cupid edition. Uh, he's appearing on the show with Carly Kane and Pat Tomasulo, uh, Joe Kilgallen, and host Calvin Evans, who's also very funny. A mere ten dollars. It's a value at any price, but that's ten dollars. That's this Sunday. Uh, nice to see you. Nice to meet you, T. Murph. Great to meet you as well, James. Happy to be here. So you've you've said you literally get paid to trigger people as a comic. This is an interesting time to be a comic, isn't it? People are just waiting to be pissed off. Yes, yes, and and and, and my job is to do just that: piss you off, and and have fun doing it. Um, I, lo- I love to poke fun at people for their political views, uh, whether they're left or right or in the center. I don't care. Uh, it's just it, because to me, it's just it, it's all about who lies to you better. Like, that's really all it is. So, you know, people love to be lied to and they'll, they'll fight you over their liar. So it, it, it's ridiculous, man. So, yeah, I, I love to trigger people and just just poke fun because everybody feels like they're they're above being made fun of right now, which is crazy. And everyone's walking on eggshells. Everyone's just waiting to be yeah. offended. They're, they're looking for it. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird time. But as a comic, you just have to tunnel right through that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't bother me at all. I, I'm, I'm not one of those people who actually care. Um, like, I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm the comic that hates when the audience claps. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't want you to agree with what I'm saying. I want you laughing, but also thinking like, why am I laughing at this? Like, I, I probably shouldn't be laughing at this, but it's so funny that I can't help but laugh. That's that's the response I want from you. And this is a thing, I think, with comedy now, comics chasing applause as opposed to laughs. Yeah. And, and I feel like they're they're single handedly killing comedy with that. Like it's comedy is about going and experiencing a relief, right? It's about laughing and not thinking about your problems or thinking about what's going on in the news or, you know, the stress of COVID, you know, which is really what's keeping a, a damper on everybody right now. It's about just going and just, uh, you know, experiencing a release. And it, it, a lot of, a lot of uh, I like to call them um, uh, 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 TED Talks because that's what it is on stage. A, 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 a lot, a lot, it totally a lot, is. A lot of TED Talk entertainers will go up there and just, you know, say what they basically what they believe people want to hear and it's get those applause breaks. And it's not one single laugh. And they're like, I'm a comedian. I'm like, no, you're a public speaker. Like that's you, you're you're like you're, you're not you're not a comedian. Like you you're up there, you're up there giving this TED talk for 15 minutes with no laughs, a lot of claps. And it's like, what what is that? That's not comedy. And and people get mad at me when I say that, but that that's that's what it's that's what it is right now. It's turned into this huge TED talk of I'm gonna go up here and be agreeable. It's like, no, screw that. Be funny. Be funny. And yeah, when I see a, a live comedy show, I wanna check out. I wanna I just want to detach myself from all the BS I've dealt with all day long. Yes. I, I'm gonna sit back, I'm gonna have my two drink minimum and then some. Mm-hmm. I just want, <laughs> want to be entertained. 
<laughs> you know, it, this world we live in, it, during the pandemic, I, I've said this before, I, I just reached a point probably last summer where I just had to tune out of the news. I just had to stop reading social media. It was stressing me out. It, it was unhealthy. I, and I get the sense that you're, you're not a fan of social media. No, I'm not. I'm not, man. Um, you know, I just recently got on TikTok, uh, which, you know, like everybody's like, you got to get on TikTok. And as an entertainer, you have to build a platform and sure. got to build up a following. But we live in a society now where people judge you off of your following. So like you'll have people that will come to your page and they'll, oh, he's you, you're not famous. You don't you don't have any followers. And I'm like. I'm on TV. Like, what? What are you talking? Like, I, what are you talking about? Like, I'm literally starring in the show. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I have a half hour special on Comedy Central. I've done several stand up performances on TV. I've toured across the freaking world. And you're like, but where are your followers? It's like the 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 way that people are programmed to 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 think that followers actually mean something. And you know, I I, I always tell people, I know plenty of people with a million followers that can't pay their rent. Like it, it, it means absolutely nothing. Oh, I agree. And let's face it. You can have a kajillion followers, but if you have a fraction of that amount and that fraction consists of people who love you and who will tell their friends about you, that's way more valuable. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think that's marketing 101, mm-hmm. but people tend to ignore that. They, they're wowed by statistics. Yeah. And figures. I mean, you, you, you look at it and, and a lot of times those followers, especially for, for comedians, um, a lot of people nowadays, everybody wants to be a comedian, whether it's the agreeable comics or it's the person that, you know, got extremely popular on social media. And now they're like, how can I make some money? So they tour clubs and just bomb around the country and have people, you know, who, who now think comedy that is this. They're like, oh, I don't I don't do comedy shows. Why not? Well, I follow this comedian on social media and I, I went to his show and it was it was horrible. I'm like, but they're not a they're not a stand up comedian. Well, I mean, they, they, they were at a comedy club because comedy clubs, a lot of times are just they're in the business of selling food and drinks. Yep. They're not in the business of selling comedy. So they're going to book whoever can can put butts in seats. So That's comedy is it, is it? We're at a crossroads right now, man. It, it's weird. <laughs> well, you mentioned that you're on TV. Uh, let's talk a little bit about woke. It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's a trip. It's a social commentary. Uh, I don't know Hollywood too well, but I do know that if you get cast as the, the funny roommate, mm-hmm. that's, that's a good spot to be in. That's great casting. That, that's a good career thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I was really adamant um, about who I would be portrayed as in my first big role on television. Um, I wanted it to be, you know, really close to who I am as a person. Uh, I didn't want to venture too far outside of that. A lot of times people, you know, they, they get cast and people like you think about JJ from good times, you know, he can never not be JJ. Like he can like, regardless of if he's like a super chill guy or whatever. So you want something that's kind of close to who you are because that's who people are going to know you and remember you as, you know, that's so true. I mean, all the way through Seinfeld in the modern era, Kramer, Michael Richards is forever him. Forever Kramer. You you look at you look at Carlton on the Fresh Prince. Do the dance. Do right. the dance. He's 50. And they're like, do the dance. He's like, I don't want to do the dance anymore. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I credit to you to have the presence of mind to to figure that out for yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Because, because I do feel like the, the show found its footing. It's been renewed. 
Mm-hmm. I, and I, everything's I mean, if you watch the trailer for the show, you, you get the idea. Uh, Keith, the main character, totally low key, dude. Then he's wrongly accused by the cops. Suddenly old English bottles are talking to him. It gets <laughs> his world turns upside down. Then he becomes hyper aware of all the bullshit that black people deal with every day. It's it's a great social commentary. I think it's very funny. There's a scene uh, you play Clovis, by the way. I, I know you know that um, there's a scene where you all are at a bar and there are a bunch of white collared shirt guys hanging out <laughs> and insane in the brain from Cypress Hill comes on. Yeah. I, I won't even go into it, but I just thought that scene was so hilarious. That's like a call my friend and tell him you got to watch that that episode for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. moment and the, the the series is full of lots of them I, I think it has a great deal of potential mm-hmm. beyond this first season I, I think you're going to be riding this for a while oh yeah oh yeah that's 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 what that's what we've heard um you know the networks love it uh hulu and sony they're in love with the with the show thank god because you know a lot of shows don't make it past the first season right and we're in this time where everyone's kind of maxed out they've they've tapped out all their streaming services if you haven't seen woke yet now is your chance. I mean, this is another series to dive into right now. Um, it's been a weird year. We all know that before comedy, you were a barber. I mean, you talked to Kevin Hart about that during the lockdown. Did you have friends call you up and try to hook up some kind of off the books haircuts? Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, I, I have I have children, man. So I have three boys, uh, three boys. And. They were looking rough, man. They were looking rough. So I had to, I had to, you know, blow the dust off the clippers one time for them. And I put it, I took them in the bathroom and, and gave them some good haircuts or whatever. And I put it on social media. My videos started like receiving so many comments like, yo, like, yo, wh- yo where are you located at? I'm like, dude, I'm what, you, what? I'm like, yo, I'm at home. What's the address? Are you serious right now? Like, I'm not leaving out of the house. You think I'm going to invite Corona into <laughs> my, like, no, no, come in. No, please come in. Kill us. It's I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. When you, Take when us you, out. When you're here, your family. Come on I mean, in, Corona. Talking about, I had so many people inboxing me, texting my phone, uh, literally leaving messages on the videos like, man, I, man, I, I just want to get a, a quick little haircut, man. I look so bad. I'm like, that, dude, I still look the same. I didn't cut my own hair. I cut their hair because I just wanted them to walk. Like, you know, sometimes how you look is how you feel. You know how it goes. So when you get a haircut, it's like it changes your entire perception. It's like, okay, man, my mood is better. Mm-hmm. I, I feel better because I have a haircut. Because as men, we don't we don't have much. We don't we don't have we don't have makeup. We don't have eyelashes. We don't have we have haircuts. That's all we have. And when we get a haircut, it's like, oh, I got I got to find something to do today. I got to run to the grocery store. I got <laughs> I got to wash the car. I got to clean because I, I look good. I feel good. When I had the chance to get a haircut after restrictions lifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. I left the house and it was this very freeing moment. I'm like, I'm going to drive 15 minutes away from my house. <laughs> I'm going to get a haircut. It was this strangely liberating feeling. What a, when, when you're, when your haircut is this transformative moment in your life, you know, the world is upside down. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it was, it felt so good. I actually, I want to say two months into the lockdown, two months in, um, I finally cr- like just I cracked under the pressure and I went ahead and, and I went and got a haircut. One of my friends, my best friend is my barber. And um, and I went and he was only cutting like, you know, friends at the house or whatever. And so I went and I got a haircut and I posted on social media and people's like, Lori's going to be at your door. 
Lori Lightfoot's coming. She's going to come knocking. But the question I was, Lori got a haircut. Like, how am I? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to stay in the house and look horrible when Lori has this crispy lining on the news every three days? Exactly. So you still live in Chicago. Have you had any inclination to, to leave this city now that, now that you're a TV star? Um, I mean, I, I've, I've thought about it. I've thought about leaving a few times, but um, I don't know, man. A lot. It's weird because as an entertainer, especially the way that things are now, everything is being cast from you know tape so i can put myself on tape anywhere so it's kind of to the point like why would i go to los angeles and pay you know double or triple the rent you know and 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 when i can literally do the same thing here because i'm I'm not going in auditions physically i'm still sending in tapes so or you know you get offered roles but i'm like i can do that from home right i'd rather just be in chicago you don't need to better what's that Stand-up scene is much better here. Okay, I was going to ask about that. Tell me a little bit about coming up through the comedy scene here. Uh, I mean, in all honesty, I believe Chicago is the best um, when it comes to stand-up comedy because you, you get the you get the opportunity to perform in diverse uh, diverse settings. So you know, we have as they say, the north side and the south side, right? So the south side, they would consider, you know, the the, the black clubs. And then the north side, they would consider the white clubs. But you can also hit the surrounding areas, like the Schaumburgs or mm-hmm. the, the Auroras and things of that sort. Um, I came up doing open mics in Carbondale, Illinois, which is this, basically the south. It's southern Illinois. You know, you're on the border of Kentucky and Missouri, Indiana. Um but I, I honestly feel like you get the best of everything here. You know, a lot of people, oh, New York is the Mecca. Well, most comics that you see from New York, I'm not, I'm not going to say most comics, but a lot of comics that you see that blow up and make it big in New York, when they get on TV, the main thing they talk about is New York. So if you're not from New York, you don't get it. Um, you know, now there are great comics that are from New York who don't, you know, just basically put their put all their eggs in a basket of, oh, I'm going to talk about New York. But I don't know what the A train is. I don't know what the D train is. But if you're doing stand-up here in Chicago, you're in the Midwest, so you're literally in the middle of, every, of everything. So your content or your comedy is, is, is more relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you think about America, Los Angeles is completely different. They're, they're, on, they're on a whole separate plane. So when their comics are talking about, you know, Calabasas or the be- we don't, we don't, I don't know what the hell you're talking. Oh, I ran into the Kardashians. That doesn't happen here. <laughs> We're lucky to see injured D Rose. Like that, like that's, <laughs> like, like that's, that's where we're at. So I, I honestly feel like our comedy, um, we, we have an opportunity to relate to more people um, in, in my mind. So I think I think we make stronger comics here. The North side versus South side thing. As we're as we're recording this, the impeachment trial is continuing and is heading toward mm-hmm. wrapping up soon. And people keep saying, why can't we all just come together? Why can't the U.S. be more united? And I think the North side and South side of Chicago can't even get along. I mean, that's really ambitious to to expect that of America at this point. Yeah. It, 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 it's so weird. Um, you know, I, I always tell people when they, when they say stuff like, uh, Oh man, like I'll have, I'll have comics that I know that'll say, Oh man, you're doing the, you're doing the North side. I got to get up there and do some of those North side. You do, you doing, you doing, you doing the white comedy clubs. Or I have people on the, on the South side. I mean, on North side, I'd be like, Oh man, I got to get out to like Francis or something, man. I got to do more of the urban rooms. And I'm just like, Hey bro, it's, it's just comedy. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter where you're at. Like I'm funny in the Laugh Factory or Jokes and Notes. I'm funny in Schaumburg 
or I'm funny in North Dakota. It doesn't matter where you're at. Comedy is comedy. So if you're funny, nine times out of 10, you'll be funny wherever you go. That's just how it works. You do a great bit uh, about gentrification uh-huh. in Chicago, like laugh out loud stuff. You definitely don't seem like cool beard aside. You don't seem like the kind of guy who would go you know, on a bar crawl in Logan Square. No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. It, 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 it's uh, I, I love bringing up those, uh, you know, the, the the fact of what's going on, especially living on the south side. Um, you know, in my, in my neighborhood right now, you know, you go outside and just literally I have a friend, Dave Hellum talks about, you know, great. gardens, uh, popping up. Like I, there's literally a community garden across the street from my, from my condo where it was a vacant lot. Now, if I want to go and use said community garden, I have to pay a fee to go in what used to be a vacant lot. I'm like, are you, What? I, who decided that they put a fence around it now? Like there's a little lock on the gate and they're like, Hey, you can't, you can't. I'm like, you just got here. <laughs> you, there's a, there's a tennis court that used to have like a basketball hoop in there where kids would kind of go and play in there. It was just like a little roll around hoop. They have removed the hoop. Now they have little baggies tied all around the inside of the tennis court and they let their dogs run in there. So it has now a makeshift dog park. And no longer like, a little, I'm like, how do you not see something wrong with this? So you have to bring these things up because people are oblivious. Like, oh, no, we're we're making it better. No, you're stealing right now. You are stealing from the community. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So Sunday, Valentine's Day. Again, nothing says romance like T-Murph. Um, this is the Zanies virtual special. Are, are you cool doing these virtual things? I mean, I, I know it, it's weird not being in front of a club the way it was in the old days. Like, do you adjust your approach at all? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Um, I think this one is, is going to be, uh, slightly different because you get an opportunity to see the audience, um, on, on the screen so they can That's... see you can see them. Uh, who, I, I was wondering since things are like loosening up, if Zanies would actually allow an in-person audience. Because now, you know, restaurants are can can have people in. So I was wondering, like, will they allow people to kind of come sit in and film it? I think that would I think that would be kind of dope. Um, but well, it's cool. Yeah. To, at the very least, it's cool to be able to see reaction yes. on the screen and feel yeah. and pick up that vibe. Yeah, um, this this is only I think this is my second, second or third virtual show. I, I haven't done many at all through the entire year of lockdown that we've been in because I just I don't I don't. I like live stand-up comedy. I like sure. to feel the energy. So, yeah, man, I think I think this will be cool, though. I think Calvin will do a really good job of uh, getting the audience on board. He's a funny dude. He's a very funny dude. And this is only 10 bucks. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Laugh More Live. It's happening at 8 p.m. Central Time on Sunday. There's a $25 VIP ticket, which includes a link to the Zoom room. This sounds so like strip club VIP. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, we'll get you back into the Zoom room where you can interact with the host and comedians before and I after the show. Zoom room. That's weird. <laughs> sounds like Calvin will be in the Zoom room. <laughs> He's going to be in there doing his 50 cent impersonations with his shirt off. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a fun night, though. And, you know, similar to what I was saying about woke. We are all starved for good entertainment. Yes. Like we're at that point. We've been doing this for almost a year. Like we've maxed everything out. Yep. You give us something worth watching. We are there for it. So this is going to be a fun night. And I, very nice to meet you, T-Murph. Thank you for doing this. No problem. Great meeting you, James. <laughs>